0: May the living word of God be at work in you today. Uh, Let me just just read this. uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. Luke is writing. uh, He wrote the book of Luke, and then he wrote the book of Acts following And so in this passage, he opens his comments to uh, Mr. Theopolis in the book of Acts, uh, and he refers back to his writing in the book of Luke, and this is what he says. The former account I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles who he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them uh, not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. And so I just want to... uh, just point out a couple of things here. Luke had written the book of Luke to uh, this gentleman, Theopolis, uh, his friend and, and, uh, and peer in ministry. And then he was writing the book of Acts as a follow-up to that letter that he wrote in Luke. And this is what he said in Luke chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. We won't read that, but I just want to refer to a couple of things that Luke said there. He said to Theopolis, this is why I'm writing to you. I want you to know with certainty the things concerning Jesus. I want you to know with certainty the things concerning the promised Messiah. And so Luke was communicating about the life of Jesus to Theopolis, and he was saying, I'm doing this so that you will know with certainty. And then uh, he tells him there uh, in that particular section of scripture the first few verses of the book of Luke he said these are things to which we were eyewitnesses we saw what he did we heard what he said we participated in his life with the things that he accomplished with those wonderful signs following we were eyewitnesses and he says there in Acts that uh, Jesus appeared to the disciples between uh, his crucifixion uh, or his resurrection and his ascension. He appeared to the disciples and he said he left many infallible proofs of the resurrection. He communicated to them and we have as eyewitnesses many infallible proofs so here uh, Luke is is talking uh, in in the book of Luke and then in the book of Acts they were essentially letters to Theopolis he's telling him uh, there is a certainty that you can have that Jesus is who he said he was. There's a certainty that you can have that the Messiah has come. There's a certainty that you can have and a confidence you can have in in knowing of these things because we witnessed them and we experienced them. And I noticed something in the book of 1 John. uh, John kind of says some of the same things in 1 John uh, 1-4 through there. If you were to turn there, you would see that John said... We are writing these things so that you can fully share in our joy. There is a joy in that we have uh, experienced this walk with Jesus, and we're writing to you because we want you to experience this same joy. We want to communicate what we saw, what we heard, what we touched, he says in that passage. We want to communicate to you these things so that you can fully share in the joy, the fullness of joy that comes in knowing Jesus and in the assurance and the certainty that he is the Christ. And so uh, Luke says this in the book of Luke, Luke says this in the book of Acts, and then John says it in his letter in 1 John, we have seen, we have heard, we have touched, we have experienced him, and we want you to experience him, and we want you to share in the full joy of that experience. So I just want to talk to you about following Easter. The interesting thing here is that uh, when Luke writes these words to theopolis in acts he's referring back to the time between the resurrection and the ascension and so of course when he makes that reference i ran over to the book of luke and i began to look at what he felt was important to share he said there were 40 days in which jesus appeared repeatedly repeatedly to the disciples when he appeared to them and he uh, communicated with them, and he spoke to them of the kingdom, and he spoke to them of what was to come ahead of them, and what their assignment was in the earth, and Luke is so convinced, he says there were many infallible truths. And so I went to the book of Luke and I'm thinking, I want to see all of these infallible things that he's referring to in this 40-day period. And it had never occurred to me before, as many times as I've read the book of Luke, that uh, what Luke is referring back to is Luke chapter 24, verse 25 through 49, Luke is communicating about the disciples' experience with Jesus subsequent to the resurrection. And what I realized as I reviewed that passage in Luke, Luke doesn't provide a comprehensive impartation of all that Jesus said or did uh, in the course of that 40 days. But what he provides, listen to this, he provides a summary of the things that he felt the Spirit of the Lord was dealing with him to share as important. As many things as must have happened over that 40-day period when Jesus was resurrected before he ascended, uh, there must have been many uh, experiences with him that took place. In fact, Luke indicates that there were many, but Luke shares only a couple of highlights and so it becomes interesting to me that we recognize in scripture not only what uh, is said but what is not said and when we realize what is not said it gives greater emphasis to what is said and in this situation Luke shared from only two experiences they they had with Jesus he shares uh, the things that happened on the road to Emmaus and then he shares one event when Jesus appeared right in their midst, and so I want to, I, I want you maybe get your Bibles and and turn to Luke chapter twenty four, and we're not going to read that whole section of Scripture because it's entirely too much reading uh, for uh, our context in this environment. But I'm going to refer to some things that happened in those passages of Scripture, and you can go and you can unpack that in more detail later. But I just want to talk to you about this. Right after uh, the... uh, the resurrection the, the ladies had gone to the tomb and they had met the angels and they had seen that the tomb was empty and and, and the angels had said you go back and you tell the disciples that uh, he is risen and that he will meet them in in their place there and uh, and all of that had taken place and now here's a couple of the disciples and they're on the road to Emmaus they're walking down the road on their way home and the Bible says that this man appears to them it's Jesus But he doesn't reveal to them who he is. He just appears to them and he's walking along the way and he's eavesdropping on their conversation. And he says, what is this thing that you're talking about? And they said, what do you mean? Have you not been around uh, Jerusalem in these days? Are you not aware of all the things that have gone on concerning this man Jesus and and his crucifixion and and all of of this confusion that it has caused and all this hurt that it has caused and all of the trouble that we, we have experienced in the last few days? Where have you been? And so the Bible says, that Jesus says interesting words to them as, as he listened to their conversation. In verse 25 of Luke 24, he says, why are you slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken? They don't even know who this guy is. And he takes a moment and he corrects their thinking. He arrests their thinking for a moment. And he says, wait a minute. Don't be slow of heart to believe all that has been prophesied concerning this man, Jesus. And then in verse 27, it says this wonderful thing. Jesus, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, expounded to them in all the scripture the things concerning himself. That Jesus began with them right there on the road to unpack all all the uh, prophecies concerning his life and his death and his his burial and his resurrection, he began to unfold all the way back to the things that had happened in the life of Moses right through the prophets. He began to unpack for them and he began to say, these are the things that, that, that have been fulfilled in the word of God. And then the Bible says that He was going to go his way and they were going to go theirs, but they encouraged him to come with them. Come on home with us. It's getting late and we'll feed you. And he comes into their house with them. And then he's sitting with them at the table. And the Bible says that he took bread and he broke it and he blessed it. And when he did that, their eyes were open and they realized who they were talking to. And he vanished from their sight. He was was gone. Now, why is this important? I want you to understand that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit into your life and Jesus is still unpacking the scripture for you. Jesus is still revealing himself in the earth. Jesus is, is just like Luke stated and just like John stated in 1 John. Jesus wants you to know with certainty that he is who he says he was and that he accomplished what the scriptures said uh, were to be accomplished in all of those prophecies and, and all of those things regarding him were to be fulfilled. And he did that in the life of the disciples on the road to Emmaus. He unpacked the word for them and he sent the teacher, the Holy Spirit into your life. He said, he will teach you and remind you of all things that I have said concerning uh, the things of the kingdom. He will remind you of everything that I have spoken. And the Holy Spirit is in you so that the word of God can be unpacked to you so that you can be full of understanding, and so that you can be assured and certain of the things of the kingdom of God. And then Luke goes on and he tells one more passage of Scripture. He refers to one, and, and one more event that they experienced. And he says there, right between verse 30 and 36, he says that they were all together together. And no doubt they were having conversations. I can just imagine their conversations they were having. They were sitting there and they were talking. And they were maybe a little bit puzzled uh, in their conversation uh, about what had happened on the way home from the tomb. The two ladies had had experienced Jesus. And and they'd clutched his feet with their hands. And then they'd ran back and told the disciples, he's not there, he's risen. And then disciples had gone to the tomb. And they'd realized the tomb really is empty his body isn't there and then on the road home to Emmaus here he appears to them again and he unpacks scripture to them and reminds them of the promises all the things that he had said to them while he was with them and all the promises that had been uh fulfilled uh, all of the prophecies that had come to pass through his life his death his burial and his resurrection and he unpacked all that. The, the conversation just must have been crazy Can you imagine all the conversation they were having? Yes, but he said this. Yes, but remember when he did that. Yes, but remember when. And right in the middle of their conversation in verse 36, the Bible says, Jesus appears in their midst. Oh, I love when Jesus appears in our midst. I love when he comes and he stands before us. The Bible says he appeared in their midst and he said, peace to you it's interesting that in that moment, the scripture says they were terrified. Even after everything that happened, they supposed that they had seen a spirit. They believed in ghosts. <laughs> Here he shows up in front of them and they're, they're terrified and they suppose that they see a spirit. And there in verse 38, he corrects them again. Why are you troubled? And why did doubts arise in your heart after everything that has happened? I imagine that that's the way it was uh, with, the, with the spirit of the Lord and Moses uh, on the way uh, as the children of Israel had come out of Egypt and God had done this great deliverance and they had plundered the nation of Egypt and they had left with the wealth of Egypt in their hands and they cross over into the desert and, and God has, uh, has rescued them completely from their enemy and their enemy is no more. And then they're just a few days out in the desert, and they get hot, and they get thirsty, and they get hungry, and they begin to say, We should have just died in Egypt. Things were better in Egypt. We should have just stayed there under the whipping uh, of, the, of, of slavery. We should have just stayed in our, pre- in our previous circumstance. Our previous circumstance is better than our present circumstance. And how the Spirit of God became dismayed uh, as, he, as He spoke with Moses. Jesus says to them, Why are you troubled? And why are doubts arising in your heart? And I wonder today, as, as we're facing the circumstances that are so unusual in our life, if the Lord wouldn't stand in our midst in moments of this experience and say, why are you troubled? And why are doubts arising in your heart today? Why would you doubt the promises? If I was faithful uh, behind you, am I not going to be faithful ahead of you? If I was faithful in the days that, uh, that have uh, already passed, am I not going to be in the, faithful in the days that are before you? Why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your heart? But listen, he didn't stop there. He goes on in verse 44, he says, While I was still with you, I told you that all things must be fulfilled that were written of me in the law of Moses, in the prophets, and in the Psalms. And the Bible says in verse 45, he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. I've told you this before, Church of Living Water, and I'm going to tell you again today. The mysteries of God are not hidden from you. They are hidden for you. The promises of God are not hidden from you. God is not uh, speaking in some secret code. The Holy Spirit is not trying to have the kingdom of God uh, pass through, uh, pass before us so that we can try to figure it out. The Bible says the Holy Spirit speaks with clarity. So he opened their understanding so that they would fully comprehend the scriptures concerning him. And I submit to you again that the reason that Luke felt that these things were important was so that we would realize that it is the purpose of God that our understanding would be open so that we could comprehend the scriptures. So that we could comprehend in fullness the promises of God. So that whenever the word says things to us like the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That we would fully comprehend that expression. And that we would begin to understand that anything that kills, steals, and destroys is not from God. It is from the enemy. And that we would no longer call those things acts of God. But that we would see them as acts of the enemy. And we would declare declare but my God has come that I might have life and have it more abundantly. That we would comprehend the promises of God. When he says, I desire that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And if he says that we would prosper and be in health as our soul prospers, if we would fully comprehend that, we would move toward the freedom of our soul, the freedom of our mind and our will and our emotions, and we would move in God to have every chain of doubt and fear and unbelief and anxiety broken out of our life so that as our soul prospers, we would prosper because that was his promise. So Jesus said to them, he goes on in verse 46 through 48 of Luke chapter 24, and he says to them, "It is written, and it was necessary for Christ to suffer and rise from the dead, so that on the third day that repentance and remission of sin might be preached in my name to all nations." beginning at Jerusalem. And then he reminds them, you are eyewitnesses of these things. Now Luke felt like this was important for you and I to understand. Jesus said... Let me remind you of what was written and let me tell you that all of this that you have experienced was necessary so that all things would be fulfilled concerning me and now the gospel, the good news of my death, burial, resurrection, of my uh, coming ascension and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, these things can be preached in the earth in my name to all nations. Church of Living Water, I submit to you that God has deposited in you the message of the kingdom to all nations. It is deposited within you. And the Holy Spirit so wanted these words to be written on the pages of Scripture so that He could remind you that the message of the kingdom is deposited in you and it's being given release in your generation. It it, it will only be released in our generation if we give it release that the kingdom of God would be released in you. And then there was this very important thing that Luke said in verse 49, because he's picking up this important priority in the first and second chapter of Acts. Jesus said, Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you. Go and tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So Luke in his letter to Theopolis in Acts, points him back to this passage of of his letter in Luke, and he says, Remember what I said to you then? Let me tell you what happened now. And he begins to go in Acts chapter uh, 1 and 2 and he tells of the day of Pentecost and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the disciples there in the upper room and he tells of Peter's great preaching moment where Peter said, this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel that in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon you, upon your children, your sons, daughters, your handmaidens and they will prophesy and they will dream dreams and they will have visions and, and they will speak with new tongues and this promise is to you and your children and your children's children and, and to all that are afar off. Luke felt like it was so important that we be reminded that Jesus said, after you've come to me and after you've received me, after this deposit of the kingdom is in you, wait and be filled with power. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. I want you to be witnesses, but I want you to be empowered witnesses. Church of Living Water, be empowered witnesses of the kingdom. Be empowered witnesses of the good news of God. Be empowered witnesses of this great declaration. Let the Holy Spirit just fill your life and let the Holy Spirit be the motivating factor of the expression of the kingdom of God in the earth today. Let me pray for you, believers. Father, I pray for the church. I pray for Church of Living Water, and I pray for all those uh, believers who will view this uh, broadcast at a later time or, or who are joining us in these moments I pray that the Holy Spirit would permeate their life right now. I pray that the promise of the Father would be their portion and that they would be filled to overflowing with His presence, that the teacher would come, that the helper would come, that the comforter would come and reside with them in these moments, that they would be fully blessed as they remember that we have this confidence and this assurance by many infallible proofs that Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God, is now seated as King of kings and Lord of lords at the right hand of the Father. I pray that that assurance would permeate your people that there would be no doubt and no weakness in them in the name of Jesus. Now if you happen to be watching this broadcast today and you don't know Jesus, I want to remind you it is written and it was necessary for Christ to suffer and be raised from the dead on the third day that repentance and remission of sin be preached in his name. I want to preach repentance to you right now. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God." every one of us, myself included, we've all sinned great sin. We've come so short of the glory of God. But the Bible says very simply this, if you will believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. The Bible says he didn't come into the world to condemn the world. John chapter 3 and verse 17 says, but that the world through him would be saved. I want to invite you to know him today. So we're going to pray a prayer of repentance. I would like you to just join with me by faith. Don't pray it if you don't mean it. It's a prayer of faith. I'm asking God to reveal himself, make himself real to you right now. Dear Jesus, just pray this with me. Dear Jesus. Forgive me of my sin. I've discovered that you're the Christ. I've discovered that you're the promise. So I repent of my sin. I ask you to forgive me. I receive you as my Savior. In the name of Jesus. If you prayed that prayer, would you just message us? either through Facebook or go to our website and send us an email. We would love to communicate with you. We would love to congratulate you. And we would love to have an opportunity to welcome you into the family of God. Lord bless you. We love you, Church of Living Water. And we rejoice that the, the presence of the Lord is still with you and in you in these days. God bless you, and we'll see you tonight at prayer at 6 o'clock.